0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is just after the suitcase news. So, here's the way it works. Okay. When I get up after I do my morning prayer, then I start listening to my heart. And I start saying, Lord, what do you want to say? It's your program, your people, your kingdom. What do you want to say? And In most cases, he'll lay on my heart what he wants me to say, unless then I go to my emails that you send me, thank you very much. I also kind of run the traps on the various news websites that I check. And someplace in there, he lays on my heart what to talk on. This is what he laid on my heart today, but something unusual happened. And in that, I'm about to cover some frankly, very uncomfortable stuff, Uh, I think it's important you know this. So, I'm about to talk about just kind of thinking through, okay, just thinking through what's really going to happen a few days, when the first few days after a suitcase nuke, or a series of them, hits America. And on about day three or four, I started writing down how people would begin to turn to God, and immediately... I got a yawn. Now, those of you who have been following Prophecy Club for a while know that for, I don't know, 25 years ago, how it all started, I was talking to a person about possibly coming to be a speaker at Prophecy Club. In those days, I didn't even say my name. I was not the program. I had guests on, and it was all about them. And unlike Sean Hannity, that takes up all of his guests' time by him answering or asking questions that are longer than the answers. So, Sean, I hope you're watching. You need to shorten your questions. Instead, my philosophy was, if I wanted to say something, I would say it. So, when I had a guest, I let the guest talk. I tried to keep my questions very short. I told the guest, when you come on, do not expect me to carry it. Do not expect me to ask the next question. You need to to come on prepared as if you're talking to an audience. In other words, you need to come on prepared to talk for 30 minutes without me interrupting. And I think that's a better way to do it. That way, the guest has time to say what's on their heart. So, I was talking to this person about coming to speak, and all of a sudden, I started getting a yawn. The yawn got worse and worse and worse until finally... I was yawning so bad, I couldn't even talk to this person. Well, finally, me being the bright person I am, not, <laughs> finally I thought, Lord, are you trying to say something to me? And he was. He's trying to say, no, don't have that person in. Well, ever since then, not all the time, but when it's on an important issue, if God's trying to tell me no, I get a yawn. That may mean right in the middle of a conversation, right in the middle of a word in the most inopportune times, it doesn't necessarily even have to have, with, have to do with Bible prophecy. But when there's a no, I get a yawn. When there's a yes, like I just felt just then, uh, I, I feel a little, a little anointing. It, it's like someone touches one hair on my head. Sometimes, sometimes it's more. <laughs> sometimes it's two or three hairs. And sometimes I, I feel like uh, there, there's different things. Let's put it that way. And when I feel that, I know he's saying yes. So I have a no and a yes system. I wish <laughs> I wish there were, he would tell me more things. But my point is, I know that I'm supposed to be bringing this to you today. And I say that because... In the vernacular of the layman, it's going to scare the hell out of you. Meaning, it's going to scare the sin out of you. Meaning, it's going to scare the world out of you. This, if we think it through, is extremely important. He wanted me to bring this to you, so I'm bringing it. So here we go. It's not going to be fun. Just after the suitcase snooks. All right, let me give you a disclaimer it's just my guesses. I'm not a nuclear expert nor an EMP expert. I'm just thinking this through, and I'm encouraging you to think through for your home, your ministry, to get yourself prepared. And not all of this is going to be accurate. You understand that. All right, now, the day after the detonation. Well, in my opinion, what we're probably going to see, and we're going to assume that we are just outside the blast radius We're going to assume that we're about an hour's drive from the blast radius. Obviously, if we're inside the blast radius, we're gone in a millisecond and there's nothing to worry about. That is, except did we make it to heaven. So anyway. All electricity is out. So you wake up in the morning. All electricity is out. There's no alarm clock. There's no clock telling you what time it is unless it's battery operated. And then if it has a computer chip in it, and if you're inside the EMP zone, that has stopped. So you might know exactly what time the EMP reached your clock, or your cell phone, or your Apple Watch, whatever it is, because it's all frozen in time. We will know exactly when it hits. Now, I'm told that cell phones don't have enough wiring in them for an EMP blast to kill them. But it does put out the network. So the cell phones work, but the network does not work. So all electricity is out. We don't realize that at first. Go to the television or the radio, pick up our cell phone, nothing is working. There is no electricity. Look outside the uh, the house. Some of the neighbors, or they have electricity? No, they don't have electricity either. The air conditioning or the heating, whichever it is, or the lights, they're all out. That's the first thing that goes, electricity. And because the way the EMP fries things, it didn't just fry the computer chips and the cars uh, or the internet network or the TV stations. It fried also the, the things that make the electricity, the things that pump all of the electronics, that pump all of the water up into the tower. In other words, our world is shut down And it's not coming back. Cars won't open if you have electronic entry. In other words, where you push a little button, nope, not going to open. Cars don't start. Buses don't start. Trains don't run. Planes are grounded nationwide. Why nationwide? Well, obviously, if they're inside the EMP blast zone, their computer chips are fried too. But if they're outside the blast zone... It still took down enough of the the towers that planes communicate with and land with. They dare not get off the ground. Planes outside the MP blast will fly, but most towers down, planes all grounded. So try to put yourself in this picture. You wake up. The lights are out. Car won't start. Cell phone turns on, but network is down. You look out the window, you can see fires coming from the city an hour away. The fire and the smoke is rising. No internet. No privacy club to watch. The HVAC has not been running. If it's it's cold outside, you're cold inside. If it's hot outside, you're hot inside. There is water in the pipes, but within a few hours, it's going to be gone. The refrigerators, the freezers... All stopped. Stopped hours ago, assuming that it comes in the middle of the night. Everything is getting warm in the freezers and the refrigerators. Oh, you're thinking, well, I have gasoline. I have, a, I have gasoline in my car. But the car won't start. That is, unless you have an EMP shield, which, by the way, this is what it looks like right here. Okay? If you can see that. And it takes about 10 minutes to put it on. All you do is put the red to the red, the black to the black side of the battery, green to the, the body of the car, and then it peels off right here in the back. Just peel it off, stick it underneath the hood someplace, you're good to go. Now, and by the way, if you use the promo code, you go to empshield.com, use the promo code prophecy, it helps your prophecy club, and I think it gets you a $50 discount. Now, let's assume you have an EMP Shield. Okay, so your car starts. Does that make you a target? Not yet. I think it makes you someone that can help, help, help in a very, very, very big way. Because there's about to be a whole lot of people that are needing treatment for burns. If they were looking in the direction of the blast, hopefully it happens in the night. If they're looking towards the blast, they're blind permanently. But if you have a car, it means that you're going to be able to be a big help ferrying people to emergencies, to hospitals, Possibly getting food, water, gasoline to people. You're going to be very, very helpful if your car starts. You're going to probably, again, we're, we're talking about the first day. At this point, you're probably your neighbor is going to be knocking on your door. Hey, your electricity's out. Yeah, my electricity's out. You got running water? Yeah, I got running water so far. No news. What's going on? We can look towards the city. We see a plume of smoke coming up from the city as the city burns. No one's figured it out yet. At this point, we don't know what has happened. You're outside of the blast area. You're about an hour from the blast area, we're assuming. But you're inside the EMP zone. That means that probably not only your electricity out, but all of the cars in the area, they don't start. That is except yours. Also, we notice there's no cars on the streets, not just in your neighborhood, but if you can look out at the freeway or you get word from other people, hey, (laughs) there's almost no cars on the freeways. Night comes, no help, no word, no explanation. Neighbors are worried. If it's summertime, it's too hot to be comfortable. If it's wintertime, you're finding every extra blanket you possibly can to cover up. That is, unless you have some kind of electrical source and you've made plans to wear, I mean, such as I do. As a matter of fact, I'll have to tell you. let me show you. Uh, This is live right now. Here, it just updated. This is my solar system that I had installed. I don't know if you can see that or not. But it says that my... Right now, the sun is providing 15.2 kilowatts. That's a lot. My house is using 3.3. That tells me I've got one air conditioner running. And then my battery is charged at 67%. I have four batteries. So I can look at it right now, and I can tell whatever the situation is. 67%, it's at 11.30 in the morning. So by the end of the day, my batteries will be charged and I'll run on electricity from the... Here's another way I can show you. This is kind of cool. I'll show you something else here. Okay, so when it is green, if you can see that, I think you can. It's green, that's saying that it's pulling from the battery. Where it is orange, it's saying that it's pulling from the solar. Where it's purple, it's pulling from the electrical grid. Now, I'm going to jump through a couple of these. Yesterday, I used a little bit more electricity than came in from the grid. Uh, day before, used almost no grid. Uh, day before, practically no grid. Uh, almost no grid at all. What I've discovered is it costs me about $100 a month more to have solar than not to have it. But what I I ask myself is, would I give $100 a month so when the grid goes down, I still have electricity? Yes, I would. If you feel the same way, I'd recommend you go to solarsurge.net. Solarsurge.net. Good man Joe, good friend of mine, he's the one who installed it for me. Uh, Love it. I absolutely love it. And I know, like I was talking to a guy last night at Ragged Ball, Why do you have that? I said, well, because I know that the grid is going down. You do? How do you know that? Okay, you do know what I do for a living, right? (laughs) Most of them don't know, don't care. They're just there to play racquetball. But that's the typical person out there. All I want to do is have fun. Anyway, let's go back to this. All right, so now let's say you're two hours from the blast zone. You see the smoke rising from the city. Your cars start, but no electricity, internet, no cell phones work, no network, nothing. Dead in the water. If you own your own electricity source, and if you have a water well, you're better off. You need to have enough food and water for at least a year, and to tell you the truth, that's probably not enough. Now let's jump to day two. Okay, so day two. Again, at this point, you're living about an hour from the blast radius, from the blast zone. There's still no electricity, and there's not coming electricity, and there's probably not electricity coming for, if it came back in 30 days, you'd be really fortunate, probably more like two or three months. And in some cases, it will, it will never come back because the little devices or the big devices that they use to distribute it, have to be specifically made. And guess where they're made? That's right overseas, probably China. And it takes, like, when they order them, it takes two or three years to get them here. Probably it's not coming back. No electricity, no heat and cold. All of the freezers, refrigerators, all warm now. No cars moving, except those that had the EMP device. People at this point are starting to arrive in the neighborhoods that have walked out, not driven out, that have walked out of the blast zone. They're telling horrifying stories of dead bodies, destruction, ash, twisted metal, destroyed buildings, buildings that fell down on people. Panic is everywhere. No police. No ambulance. Not an hour away, because the big problem is downtown, you see. Plenty of room temperature food, though. (laughs) Why? Because everybody's freezer, everybody's refrigerator is now lukewarm. They know, you know, you got 24 to to, to 48 hours to start eating it. Maybe, maybe Maybe three, maybe four days on the outside before it starts going bad. So right now we got plenty of food. There's still water, or at least there were water in the pipes. Probably the water in the pipes will be gone in a couple of hours. I can tell you that last winter... When the electricity went off in most of Texas, um, my wife woke up. She says, the electricity just went off. I mean, she knew it immediately. And so with that, we all jumped out of bed and we started preparing. So I went and got one of the five-gallon water bottles that were empty, some of the Ozarka water bottles, and I immediately started filling them from the tap just to make certain we had plenty of water. And I have other water stored too, but let's get back to this. Plenty of room temperature food. Water and pipes, probably gone. No electricity to pump it. Natural gas, probably gone. Natural gas used to be pumped through the pipes by natural gas. But guess what? At least in my area, about two three years ago, they said, oh, well, that's not sustainable. And they made them change it from being natural gas powered to power the, the natural gas pumping through the pipes to electricity. Now, why do you suppose they did that? Well, so that they can control it and turn it off. Natural gas is gone. Nothing to pump it. Panic. Panic like we've never seen in our lives. Full panic has set in. Only cars that are working are those outside the MP, or, or those outside the MP blast, or those with the MP pr- protection. Cars, at this point, no one's going to the grocery store. There's nothing in the grocery store. It's all cleaned out. They're taking people, emergencies, they're taking them to the hospital. Dead bodies, fires in the city are still burning. Dead bodies every place. Every place. Country churches, this is the only thing God wanted me to mention about, about churches right here. Country churches starting to feel for prayer. At this point, most people are not thinking about God. They have not reached that thought. They are still in major panic. It might be that a few pre-tribulation rapture believers are beginning to lose faith. They're asking, wait a minute, we're not supposed to see this. We're not supposed to be in this. Where's Jesus? But it's only a fleeting thought at this point. We're not ready to discuss something like that yet. Plenty of room temperature food and water. No one is going to work. Okay, what you do? No one's going to work. Everything is in a panic. Everything is in an emergency. Neighbors are calling for meetings to discuss survival plans. What do we do? We need to get organized here. Now let's go to day 3. I'd like to say it gets better, but it doesn't. It just changes. No water in pipes, but neighbors still have some. Plenty of lukewarm food, refrigerators, freezers by now are all warm. Panic and crying everywhere. Survivors now probably have walked out of the blast zone begging for food, water, and shelter, and, of course, all kinds of medical care. Uh, We're talking about not just first-degree, third-degree burns, major burns, many of them blind. Um, Again, I I prayed about this. I know I'm supposed to bring this to you, and I know that it's like, man, how am I going to sleep tonight? I understand. But it's one thing to talk about it. And apparently, we're all about to experience this to some degree or another. So it's a good thing to think through it. Masses are burned or blind, and the number one need is burn treatment. Hospitals, turning away most everyone that's brought to them. They can't even get to them. The line is blocks away trying to get into a hospital. Most don't get needed treatment and are basically waiting to die. My guess is they probably don't even have enough pain medication to even put these people out of their pain. Groups, now in the neighborhoods, start organizing. Got to bear the dead. Can't leave these people just laying out here. Body parts they place. I mean, I know, I know it's hard to face. It's hard to think about it. But if we don't think about it and this thing hits, it's going to even be worse. So let's think about it. Okay, so let's go to day four. No police, ambulance, electricity, and none of it's on the way. We're all fending for ourselves. Many blast victims by this point have already died or they're blind. Whatever has happened to them is only getting worse. Water and food probably still available, but fights are starting over provisions. Now, we're probably starting to see the worst side of people. Some of the prepared people are a big help. All thoughts at this point are simply on surviving another day. Death, commonplace. We're going to see a side of humanity we've never seen before. We're going to see a side of death that is far worse than anything we've seen in any bad movie. The dying or dead are everywhere. People are sharing their homes, their food, and the water the best they can, but there's basically no food in the grocery stores. They've all been robbed and cleaned out. What cars start are rare and busy taking people to emergency care, and the hospitals are just turning them away. The government has declared martial law, and all people are commanded to be inside after dark. And they tell anybody caught looting or anyone outside after dark is shot on the spot. And that might not be police doing that. That might be UN blue hats brought in from our other neighbors. It might be other nations. We've had prophecies of other nations that come in to help during the time of trouble and then take over. Malls, stadiums, grocery stores, turned to shelters for the homeless. And this is not homeless people who don't have a job. This is people that just simply have no home anymore because they can't go to it. It's radiated, radioactive. Fallout is all over it. Most people are homeless and hungry. We're seeing desperation on people like we never, ever thought we in Christian America would see. And we in Christian America don't see it because we're not Christian America anymore. So let me refresh your memory in closing. closing. We have some active prophecies. Now, these aren't put in the order that I think that they will be fulfilled. So let me back up. Probably, based upon what Bicky Goforth Parnell was told in the dream, probably this is going to be first. 33 prophecies saying suitcase nukes are going to hit And for that, I strongly recommend you go to empshield.com. Use that promo code PROPHECY. Get yourself a discount. Probably this might be about to fulfill. At about the same time the dollar is falling. So if the dollar falls on top of that, wow. Now, now let, let me also bring in another perspective. It may be that the dollar is about to fall first, and then like six months down the road, which is still 2023, we would see the suitcase nukes. Either way, food shortage would follow a dollar falling. Food shortage would follow suitcase nukes. And of course, if a meteor hits, a tsunami, an earthquake, at that point, it's basically over for America. It's all over, but the Russians' bombs hitting and totally destroying us. And then there's seven, surprise, seven prophecy centers, surprise, Russian nuclear attack coming. So there you have it. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to think about it. If we can just get past the emotions for just a moment, if we will just simply look at what God has spoken, to his prophets, just over the last couple of years. He's told us. He has given us warning. This is coming. Now, right now, I believe God gave me a yawn not to get into talking about the God part of it. Maybe that'll be tomorrow. I don't know. But today he wanted me to just keep it on the physical, just the natural. So I'm going to say, Based upon what Vicky Goforth Parnell said, we're running out of time. That means we're running out of time spiritually. Also means we're running out of time to prepare. I know what you're thinking. Well, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. Well, you know, in a time where you don't have to worry about a job anymore, in a time when you're not making your house payments anymore, in a time where that world is gone, At that point, the only thing that's going to count is our preparations. Yes, today we're talking about the physical preparations, but you know the spiritual preparations are the most important. When a nuclear device is detonated, the the dust settles on everything. You breathe it, absorb it, you cannot stop it. And when you breathe it or absorb it, it floods your thyroid with bad iodine, killing your thyroid and killing you. But there is a solution. I just went out to my freezer. This is mine. I keep it out there. I've had it for several years. And it says, uh, this is potassium iodide. As a matter of fact, I keep it in the freezer. And I keep them in a Ziploc bag, just like this. This is my personal supply. We keep in the freezer. So there you go. Now, it's 30 bucks a bottle. If you order five bottles, you get an extra bottle free. You need one bottle per exposure Per person, um, and it has the instructions on it. But anyway, I would suggest you go to prophecyclub.com, and let me just, let me just tell you, we've only got a hundred bottles now. We've already made plans to get another thousand bottles in. Being this is coming up. Right now, we only have a hundred. So my suggestion is, you get over to prophecyclub.com and you get your bottles ordered real quick. You might even be a part of the hundred that we have. And if not, then another week or so after that, we will get some more bottles, get it out to you. 30 bucks a bottle, order five and get a sixth one free. Here it is, potassium iodate. Is your life worth 30 bucks? I mean, you may as well have it. I mean, spend 30 bucks, spend 30 bucks. So you get a suitcase snook in the area, something like that? Not worried. I'm going to show you something you've never seen or tasted before. I'm doing this impromptu. I just went out to my own bread machine and I pulled this out. This is a loaf I made Saturday. This is my famous raisin, cinnamon, vanilla. This new loaf, the the whole loaf would weigh about three pounds. Of course, I've already eaten about half of it. But I want to show you why you have never tasted this. Each one of these slices, you can see how thick it is. One of these slices is a meal you eat one of these in the morning one in the afternoon and not only are you satisfied you're you're really satisfied you're really happy cinnamon raisin vanilla and yes at josephkitchen.com you can get the recipe this is an upgraded recipe that i plan to be putting out here as soon as i get a chance but if you look close those are raisins cinnamon and vanilla all whipped together You put that into a toaster, put a little bit of butter on that, and, well, it doesn't last long at church. Uh, As a matter of fact, they pass by all of the nice donuts and all of the other sweet garbage to get something that's really good for them. Now, what I would suggest you do is start making your own bread, whether you've already got Joseph's Kitchen or whether you haven't, get it. Now, here's what you do. You go to josephskitchen.com. Two things. One, you order a machine package. That's the mechanicals to make it. In other words, the grinder that takes the wheat berries turns it into flour, which you put into the bread machine with six other ingredients. Push a button. Two hours and 20 minutes later, you have a nice hot loaf of whole wheat bread. won't look like this because <laughs> this one has raisin cinnamon and, uh, and honey in it. Anyway, extra honey. And the next thing you want to do is decide how much food you want to have. You want to have six People one year, four people one year, two people one year are just enough for one person. All of that is at the price of around $1,000 per person. Get you some homemade whole wheat bread. Why have you never tasted this? Because the grocery stores cannot and will never be able to offer this because in about 7 to 10 days after you break the wheat berry, it starts going bad. Now I know that I'm going to have to eat this in the next seven to ten days, but I also know it's probably not going to last more than three or four days. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life, and I can't guarantee this. Uh, I can't say it legally, but uh, let's put it this way: I've, I've been taken off of my uh, well, I've been taken off of my high blood pressure pills, and the doctor said that I have low cholesterol now. Cut my cholesterol pill in half. And the only thing I can say is over the last year I started eating whole wheat bread. So there it is. Whole wheat bread. josephskitchen.com. Next is I'll send you to empshield.com. If you use the promo word prophecy, you get a $50 discount. What is that? Well, it looks like this. This is the one that goes into a car, okay? And you put the red wire to the red side of the battery. You put the black wire to the black side of the battery, and the green one attaches to the body of the car. Then you peel it off right back here. Just peel it off, stick it inside of the the engine compartment of your car, and the whole point is when the electricity goes off or when some kind of a suitcase or nuclear device goes off, this is supposed to be able to stop that device from destroying every computer chip in your car because if every computer chip is destroyed in your car these days you couldn't possibly replace them all throw the car away so empshield.com promo code prophecy terry saka with cornerstone so what's going on in the world of finances why should they call today well china has laid out in a speech a few weeks ago exactly what they think of the united states i haven't seen that in my 55 years With China and Russia forming these reserve currencies, new reserve currency, we better be prepared because that dollar is going to be in deep trouble and we're going to need assets to protect us from it. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. Call them or go online. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com or call them at 888-747-3309. 888-747-3309.